has the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense just validated what I've been saying all along? What are their plans for Bakhmut? And what is its overall strategy in this conflict? I'm Paul, U.S. Army combat veteran. It's February 1st, 2023. Let's get right into it. Okay, first off, when we look at the control map, you can see there are really no significant territorial changes as they have as we've talked about right russia looks like it's trying to complete an encirclement but this is not lesachansk or severodonetsk this having to dislodge ukrainian forces from chasavyar would be extremely difficult probably comparable in difficulty to bakhmut itself uh, as you guys can see it's not only an urban or developed area like bakhmut but it also is a swampy area um so if you have the uh weather get above freezing this is all going to be swampland very hard for light infantry forces to advance um let's just take a quick peek at the weather um <clears throat> all right in bachmet and as you guys can see here uh this is the absolute worst case scenario when you want to advance through uh wet lowlands you can see that for significant portions of the day it's going to be frozen solid and then for other portions of the day it's going to be wet and if your goal is to uh give all of your troops uh cold weather injuries uh what you would do is pit, wait for a day like this and then march them right into a swamp right they get covered in uh water and then that water freezes on their bodies it it, it pulls heat out of them so quickly it's hard to understate how punishing this sort of environment can be on human bodies so all that to say uh, taking Chasavyar would be a tall order for the Russians. Again, they've shown that they don't really have a huge qualm with uh, incurring casualties on their own forces, but you can be sure uh, that Ukraine Ukrainian armed forces are going to be waiting for them here. They're probably going to be waiting for them in Ivansky, though this big open area that they would have to cross to cut off Ivansky and the um these two routes into Bakhmut, uh that's going to make their forces very vulnerable and you can see how russian forces have avoided like the plague crossing over any of these large open areas um when we look at the combat map you guys can see that the op tempo of russian attacks appears to have slowed somewhat um this actually, uh, this map does not assess Russian control over Sako and Vanzetti, uh, but it does show them continuing to make efforts to push northward uh, towards uh, on this like Seversk Highway here. Let's see if we can get a name for it. Excuse me, Seversk Rail Line. Uh, it doesn't look like it's named here, but on this rail line. Uh, and then, of course, they're trying to continue to push near Blahodatne, but you're stuck with this question of like into what you can see here that again they are running into the open space problem where their infantry forces are just reluctant to cross over big portions of open space um across Nahorda, they're continuing to try to push but that's about it they've largely appeared to have diminished significantly their efforts to actually take bakhmut proper um they're continuing to try to create this encirclement via klitschivka um 
excuse me. Oh, mm. It's it's both winter season and allergy season somehow. Uh, it doesn't seem possible, but the American South is full of surprises. Um, okay, when we look at WarMapper, right? WarMapper actually is is assessing no major changes to the front lines, but what they do point out is that here is a graph of monthly change of control of territory, right? You can see here, February and March represented the apex of Russian advances. You can see here, um, this is a percentage of the land area of the total country of Ukraine. Now, again, as we've talked about, especially in somewhere like Ukraine, characterized by large open spaces, all land is not valued the same. Uh, Bakhmut, you know, an urban area is worth considerably more than these open areas. Um, key regional and provincial capitals, you know, Krematorsk, Severodonetsk, uh, Kherson, these are highly valuable uh, chunks of land, uh, but they don't take up much more space than, say, the empty fields outside of Solidar. So, Take take these graphs with the appropriate grain of salt. But you guys can see that this is the battle for Kiev, the withdrawal of Russians from Kiev, and the focus on the east and south. And you can see here Russian advances tend to look very small, as we've seen. And this is the sort of gradual inkling progression. I think this here represents maybe the fall of Severodonetsk and Lysychansk. And then here represents the Kherson offensive and the, uh, excuse me, the Kharkiv offensive, and then probably the withdrawal from Kherson. Again, small percentage-wise, but significant in terms of uh, military and polit geopolitical value. And now you can see here the level of stalemating that's taken place. You're talking about uh, just a small sliver in January um, representing the Russia taking just really just a, a one town of significance and then a handful of villages. Um, and again, not even the town they've sort of sought after, uh, Bakhmut, but a, again, a, a mining village or a mining town that they sort of only decided was significant when Russia realized they had a chance to capture it. So again, keep all this is a great way to keep in perspective everything. It would be let's see if we can find a, an even better map. Yeah, this is one representing the uh basically the liberation efforts um relative to the total population of or the total area of ukraine here's a graph right yellow represents areas controlled firmly by ukraine um this represents russian occupied areas um in the donbas which are already separatists and this represents russian occupied areas um as a you know as a portion of the entire country and you can see here that basically for the past three months, the change, any changes have been so small, they have been almost impossible to see. Um, so again, I think Ukraine's goal is to obviously take this chunk here and reduce it down to zero. Um, but as we've seen, they do their best when it is in maneuver warfare, decisive efforts, right? Here is Kharkiv and probably here is Kherson. So anyway, some stuff to think about. Oh, yeah. And let's take a look at what Ukrainian Ministry of Defense has been saying. Uh, well, the Eastern Grouping of 
forces, the spokesperson, uh, said yesterday that Ukrainian forces are still able to effectively supply units in Bakhmut and noted that Ukrainian military command has several contingency plans in, to respond to Russian operations in and around Bakhmut. The spokesperson added that Russian forces are continuing to suffer heavy casualties and noted that Ukraine's previous defense and subsequent withdrawal from Severodonetsk and Lysychansk in summer 2022 exhausted Russian forces and disrupted their plans for an immediate attack on Bakhmut. And this is, uh, I think, reflective of the basic strategy that we've talked about the entire time. Bakhmut itself, unlike Lysychansk and Severodonetsk, are not... Um, very geopolitically strategic in the region. Um, it's not operationally that significant. Um, but Ukraine is fighting there simply because there are heavy casualties that they're able to inflict. And it sounds like, again, they are at least trying to indicate that they are in control of the situation um, and that they are not, it's not unrealistic that they may conduct a controlled withdrawal. This is important because what you don't want is a command who says things like, we will hold Bachman at all costs. Um, you know, that indicates that you are no longer rationally conducting planning. Instead, you're looking to continually make trades between the risk of conducting a certain operation and the likelihood of dealing significant damage to your enemies that's that's the key calculus of every military operation is risk versus reward and as long as um ukrainian armed forces are dispassionately making those assessments and they're doing so without with the minimal political interference then they have at least a leg up on the kremlin who appears to be in many cases uh letting the the political calculus um, of these conflicts outweigh the actual military value. Again, being able to tout uh, to the Russian public that they are on the offensive means that they've expended their forces uh, taking such valuable land as Sako Ivanzetti, which is literally a cul-de-sac, uh, you know, the salt mine of Solidar, um, and uh, just a lot of empty space. You can see that what started out as an effort to encircle Bachman has been turned almost entirely into this advance to nowhere. So, I, which I think is all indicative, as we've talked about, of a Russia that is making uh political decisions about its military forces not letting military not letting the actual strategy of towards victory dictate terms on the ground anyway guys that's all i had um of course if you want access to uncensored combat video breakdowns you know the viral ones i'm talking about those are going to be on the patreon thanks so much to my lieutenant tier patrons you guys make this whole thing possible and i will see you guys in the next one